Hi, Sarah here. I'm one of the co-hosts of Female Founders Weekly, and this episode is sponsored by my company, Hostel Pass. Hostel Pass is a digital discount card for the best of European travel, especially the best hostels. I started this company after my own travels, where I was on a really tight budget, which meant I ended up in some pretty horrible accommodation situations. That's why I spent the next six years finding and partnering with the best hostels all across Europe, the kinds of places that travelers and their parents would feel good about. We've now got hundreds of hostels on our platform and we've managed to secure exclusive discounts and bonuses like free welcome drink, late checkout, or free breakfast at every single hostel. We don't just have hostels on Hostel Pass. You can also find discounts on museums, walking tours, river cruises, food tours, e-sims, and so much more. If you're looking to join the thousands of travelers using Hostel Pass to save big on their trip, use code FFW at checkout to take 20% off your first year of membership. Check us out at hostelpass.co. That's H-O-S-T-E-L-P-A-S-S dot C-O. And code FFW for 20% off at checkout. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Female Founders Weekly. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Weingast, and we are so excited to be back with part two of our 10-part series, which provides a comprehensive getting started guide for starting your own business. And we are amplifying the voices of women who have done it along the way. I'm so excited to tell you about our next guest today. This episode, we have the wonderful Sarah Arnold Hall with us. Sarah is a high performance coach, and she's been helping thousands of people all over the world get what they want to get done. When you're starting a business, taking action can sometimes be the hardest part. So I'm excited to have Sarah on the podcast today to tell us all about how we can overcome those obstacles. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Sarah Arnold Hall, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. For those of you who don't know, Sarah is an amazing coach. She has helped me. She has helped many other entrepreneurs and people around the world take action on their goals and get what they want to get done. So she is here today to tell us about the top three things that anyone who's thinking of starting a business needs to know to get started. Awesome. Shall I just dive into them? Yeah, go for it. Amazing. All right. Well, one of the first things that I think is really important, I started my business in 2018 and it didn't get properly going until 2020. And it wasn't for lack of trying. Like I was really wanting to show up for it, but I was just showing up in all the wrong areas. So the most important thing I can tell anyone is make sure you focus on what actually matters. And by that, I mean, your website doesn't matter. Your social media followers don't matter. Your business card doesn't matter. Your logo doesn't matter. Your YouTube channel doesn't matter. Like all of the things we're told to do. I tried to start everything at once, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, sales funnels, emails, like all of the stuff when it's like, what actually matters for your business? And it's going to be different for different people's businesses. But I would encourage you to think of like, what is the minimum number of steps that it could take for some, for this to start off, for it to continue going? So for example, if you're selling a physical product, it might be that you need to have somebody who's interested in the physical product and you need a supplier. And that's pretty much it. Maybe you need like a payment source as well. And if you can connect those two people and you can through your payment source, then you're good to go. Or 
For me, it was, I pretty much just need to have conversations with people and tell them what I do. Like I didn't need to have all of the fluff, which is a nice, now that I have more of the fluff, um, it's a nice way to kind of connect with people, but it isn't actually what creates the sales. It isn't what builds your actual business and you want to focus on what actually is going to do that. So for me, I think that's building relationships and just talking with people and then telling them what you've got to help them with. So that's a really the first one for me. Do you have any thoughts on that before I dive into the second one? Yes, I do actually, because I really want to stop on website. Now, it is probably one of the number one questions I get asked. How did you build your website? Who built your website? How long did it take? I don't know how to add all the infantry into my website. Honestly, the questions are endless. And I stop on it because I think it is the number one thing that I've noticed that founders get stuck on. Um, has that been your experience as well? Because I feel like it always comes up. Yeah, I think especially people want to feel legitimate. Like once I have my website, I'm going to be a legitimate business. But really what makes a legitimate business is a business that's making money. Because I had a website for years before I was making any money. And just having somewhere to send people, people say, oh, but where will I send the people? What will I do? Your people just want to know, are you really a company that I can trust or are you somebody I can like buy from and feel safe about it? That's what they're asking when they're asking to see your website. So how else can you give them that information without needing to spend six months first setting up a website and having a nightmare with a developer first? Absolutely. And I think for me, that also ties in with branding. Another thing people get stuck on and you will be surprised about how little customers care about it. Absolutely. They really don't. It's always, all of those things are much more focused on us and us feeling like we are proper business owners, but none of your people care about that. They only care about one thing. And this is actually my second point. So I could add this. The, they, the only thing they care about is the answer to the question, can you help me? That's all anyone wants to know. So anytime they're asking you a question about your website or they're asking you about, maybe it's like sizing for the bras or it's like whatever it is, it's like, what is their actual question? They just want to know, can you help me? They don't need it. They don't need any other information. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like almost my website could just be, we sell your size. And they're like, great, tell me more. I love that. That should be your tagline, <laughs> we sell your size. <laughs> as a reflection, you know, as a founder, I think you are so, you know, the classic, your, your, your company is your baby and you can get really swept up in like make trying to make everything just as it is as it sits within you you know like the color palette and the font needs to be how I envisage it when I close my eyes I go to bed um so it's quite hard it's quite hard to make that shift I think I think a lot of us are trying to build multi-million dollar businesses before we've made our first dollar like I know that was for me so I was looking at those big companies I'm like what is Tony Robbins doing it's like Tony Robbins is a is an amazing coach for anyone who doesn't know he's like the the grandfather of coaching but like he has a he's actually a billionaire like why am I looking to his website that's not what's going to be successful. Like I have to look at what are people doing that are like one step ahead of me who are who are successful. Oh right, their website isn't it. It's not their all of the fluff. It's not their business cards. It's not their branding. It's not the fonts. What's successful for them is that they're helping people. And that's what's generating the success. Absolutely. I think that makes so much sense and it actually boils down to a concept that we're taught in business about your minimum viable product. We're such perfectionists with our own businesses and we want everything to have all the bells and whistles before we put it out into the world. 
But this minimum viable product is really what is advised and what I think makes the most sense when you're getting started. And it's what you talked about. Do you help people? What's the basic thing you can create? Sometimes that does need to be a website, but for a lot of other people, it doesn't. And just make it as simple as you can to get started because what really matters is proof of concept and then getting that traction so that you can move forward. And you mentioned these people that are way above you. You look to them for guidance, but they probably started with an MVP and then built their way up to that through all the money they are and all of the learnings they did. So I think you make such a good point. Like we shouldn't put ourselves next to them. We should have those aspirations, but we really need to just boil it down to how do we make money first? And that is through, like you said, helping people. Yeah. And I think actually on that point, what what you brought up as you were saying that was social media. We think it's so essential for business these days and it can be, it can be a good thing, but really all that social media is doing is just connecting people. And I think we spend so much time creating posts and putting them out into the world and being like, where? What's so weird? Like no one's coming. It's like, yeah, because you're not talking to a human being and you're just another post on the internet. So I always say like social media posts are really just for creating conversations. Social media is an interesting one. I think it's really an area that people can get lost in, like overly focusing on it. And I think speaking to customers, like you said, for you, it was like, I just need to get out there and I need to talk to people about what I do. Another thing I've come across is a lot of people's nervousness to talk about their business before they've launched. Um, Now, I don't know how many people like listening would be in that exact stage, but people get really scared that people can like steal their idea. Whereas I'm a huge advocate of you're just going to gain so much more from talking to people. Mm, Absolutely. I am unique in this, I think, but I get triggered by the word launch at all launch when I think about that word is like a rocket ship right like you when, what do you launch you launch it like a boat like a huge fleet of boats or rocket ship. like it requires so much energy already and we're thinking about like once I've launched then I'm gonna like once I've done this huge amount of energy then I can start telling people about what I've got but what if instead of launching you just started and now you're because you have started you've started and this counts whatever you're doing it counts and you know, maybe listen, if someone's, I have people plagiarize my stuff constantly. People are taking my stuff and they're just not doing it as well as I am. And it's because it came from my brain. And you have to remember if the idea came from your brain, you are the one who has all of the understanding about why it's going to work. If somebody just takes an idea that you have, they're never going to execute it the way that you will. They're never going to execute it with the same level of success. Yeah, it really does come down to the execution. Absolutely. And the third thing is when you think about selling, you really want to sell using something that I call the point system. And once I learned this, it really changed my understanding of sales. The point system is something that I learned in activism. So I used to be a street activist and I would go on the street and like promote making changes for the environment. And I would stand and um, we wouldn't like approach people because that's creepy and weird and not good vibes. But when people would come to us, then, which is a great, also another really great point in business. You also want to be really careful about who you're approaching if you are reaching out to people and not being like weird energy with it. Um, but one of the things that was happening was people would come up to us and they would have this really great conversation and then they'd seem really promising and then they wouldn't make a change which feels a lot like what it happens in business. Someone's like, seems really interested. And they're like, yeah, 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 I want to buy your thing. And then when it comes down to it, they don't do it. 
And so I was really disheartened by this. And then the leader of my activist group, he was saying, oh, but you don't have to convert everyone. You know about the point system, right? And I was like, what's the point system? And the point system is the idea that you, it, when you get to... When you get to 100 points, or when you get somebody to 100 points, they're going to buy. Your job is not to get them to buy in that moment. Your job is to get them more points. So maybe in, in the sense of activism, they're going to have a conversation with you about making a change, and that's going to add 10 points. And then they're going to go home and watch a documentary, and that's going to add another 45 points. And then they're going to go and have a conversation with someone else who's doing something to make a change, and that's adding another 10 points. And your job is not to give them all 100 points in one conversation. Your job is just to add a few more points. And you don't know where they are. Somebody could be one point away from buying your thing or making the change, whatever it is that you're selling. Because I was selling an idea, but this is selling a product or a service. So Instead of trying to get yourself to make every conversation mean a sale or be disheartened when somebody doesn't buy, I like to think of it like I have all of these people around me who are like racking up points and I don't even have to be the one to create all the points for them. As a coach, they might go and see some other coaches post and be like, yeah, I think I do want to hire a coach. Then they start to think about who that's going to be. And then I come in to potentially be one of the people that they hire. So for me, it took a lot of the pressure off having those conversations with people and needing to like get them to convert in that moment. And it started making me think about how can I show up and just add so much value that it, I'm creating results ahead of time for people. And I'm like helping them see how I can provide value to them, but not with the pressure of they need to sign up right now. And I think I kind of got really disheartened when people wouldn't initially may have a sale and I wouldn't see it straight away. And then I spent two years just having this on off marketing. I didn't market at all for like months at a time. And then I'd be like, right, I'm going to do a big launch. And I would mark for two weeks and no one would buy anything. And I'd run away and I would hide. And once I started, just keep showing up knowing, hey, there's somebody here who just needs a couple more points. It's just somebody who's got one point away. I just consistently kept showing up. And then it's all of a sudden, all the people came because they were all there just with a few points that they, they needed adding. So you don't know how many points someone has before they are going to buy. Absolutely. And I'm seeing that right now with my business as well is like we're growing very consistently, but I'm putting in the same amount of effort as I was a year ago. And it just feels like all of these people, it's compounding all of the touch points. And we talk in marketing a lot about like sometimes it takes 17 impressions of an ad for someone to actually take an action or whatever. But this feels like a much more personal way to do it. And when we're entrepreneurs, our businesses are our babies and we feel so, like like you said, and especially if you are your product, like you can feel personally almost very like down about having not procured that sale. But if you think of every opportunity, every interaction as adding those points, I'd love that because it's a way to not take it personally. It helps you keep going and keep putting in that effort. Yeah, exactly. That's so that's such an interesting way to look at it. I actually hadn't heard about it in those terms before. Um, and yeah, it just kind of it combats that frustration you have. I think I've had a few customers now. We've been going like two and a half years, which is like, I've had my eye on you for a year. And you're like, my gosh, you've had you've been watching us for a year and you haven't. Like, we have free returns and exchanges. Why didn't you <laughs> give it a go? Um but you never know what it is that kind of makes that person tip tip over the edge and give you a go. Um, 
kind of on that point, do you have any advice or does it lend itself to the point system where you meet someone you're like, this is so perfect for you. Like it couldn't have been a better match. Yeah. So from your side, you're thinking like, this is so good. And from their side, it's like, what are they thinking? And if you can find out what that is, that's amazing. Like if you can have that one-on-one conversation with someone and actually explore and be like, why is it that they're not buying? Is it that they're financially in a tight spot right now? And how can you make it easier for them to buy in that case? Or is it that they're just not sure it's going to work because they've tried a lot of things before? You want to like actually list out. And one of my favorite ways to do this is go to other brands that are currently advertising to you, maybe in your email inbox or in your Instagram and ask yourself, why am I not buying this? Like, why have I not bought it? Because whatever reasons you're not buying the other thing, that is why someone else is not buying from you. So if I go to like a photographer and I say, why am I not buying this? And I go, well, I can see it would probably be good, but I can't really see why it would up level like my brand. Like, why should I invest in that now? So a photographer needs to be putting out like the 10 reasons why showing, like having new photography is going to make you more money. And I'm like, oh, suddenly I'm intrigued. Okay. Like, yeah. Or like why specifically their brand is going to help. I think having an offer that is irresistible is the best thing you can possibly do. And telling people, like, I think um, what you're saying, Alex, about your um, being like, wait, we have free returns and exchanges. What are you talking about? Like, that's irresistible. That is irresistible. But do the people really understand what that means? Do they really trust it? Do people, are people aware of it? So often people are like, yeah, we have a money back guarantee. You're like, really? I didn't even know. So I have a money back guarantee on all of my work, but people don't even realize that because it's not like everywhere. And so like I'm working right now to tell people about the irresistibility of my offer. Um, And if you don't know how to create an irresistible offer, because I know that can sound like, oh my gosh, what is it? I like to think of like in an ideal world, like what would I be giving? And it's like, imagine me being like, you don't have to pay me till after. That would be an irresistible offer, right? You can just come for coaching. If it doesn't work, you don't have to pay me till later. Like that's huge. How can I try to provide that? I don't want to provide that exact result. How can I provide that? What's the closest next thing? And for me, for a while, I was even offering, come and work with me and you'll ha- you'll get your money back if it doesn't work. But not only that, I'm going to pay you $500 for your time. You know how irresistible that offer was? Nobody said no. Everybody was like, what? I'll take, I'm going to be, I'm going to, the worst case scenario. And I would walk them through. I'm like, let's talk about the best case scenario. Let's talk about the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is you end up $500 richer. That's the worst thing that can possibly happen. Are you kidding me? Let's do it. Right. So like, how can you make your offer? And you don't have to give away free money, but like, how can you make your offer so irresistible to people and something that other people aren't doing? So I know as a coach, a lot of people don't even have a money back guarantee. A lot of coaches are like, this is final and everything. And I'm like, that's not how I want to do it. So for whoever is listening, whatever your brand is, what would make it so irresistible to your people to buy? What is their objection and what do they need to feel safe to buy? Yeah. And I think like making that so many touch points throughout whatever journey is they're interacting with you, if they've discovered you on Instagram and they pop over to your um, website and then they send you an email, it's like in your email signature, it's on your website, like they're seeing it multiple times. I think we study everything we put out there in depth and we're like okay someone is reading this and they're going there from reading that they're probably like you know skimming even half of that so you can't assume that they're actually reading what you're putting out you've got to like spell it out at every touch point because you're truly trying to offer something like you said it's like I truly believe in what I can coach I truly believe that you will find comfort in these bras I just want you to try it and see for yourself you know it's it's about just giving that value at 
every touch point. Yeah, 100%. And I think people, like you're saying, when people are just skimming things, don't be afraid to sell. I think a lot of people are like, I need to give like 80% just value. And if you're a business, you are on social media or in a conversation at a networking event to sell. It is not a bad thing to sell. If I could just change one thing about sales and the way people think about sales mindset, selling is giving. You really, what you are selling someone should always be a better than what the money that they're giving you. So however much I pay you for the bra, I should get more value than the money, which means that you are giving something and you're not taking. And every time we think about it, like, oh, I shouldn't like sell something because I don't know. I don't want to appear too salesy. I don't want to appear like I'm you're robbing someone of a really comfortable bra experience. Right. For example, if it was you. Yeah. It's such a good point. I think everything we're discussing today really leads back to a core issue of what is the problem you're solving and how are you solving it and making sure that people that you are solving this problem for see you, appreciate you and understand what you're doing. And I think something we've just done is put out a survey to all of the users that have clicked book on our website to book one of the hostels or travel companies. And, um, we ask them, how much money have you saved with Hostel Pass? How happy are you with your experience? All this stuff. And that's a form of this um, figuring out what your customer wants, asking them. It's a little easier than tracking them down in person or chatting to them necessarily over social media. Um, but we found out some really amazing things. So having the opportunity when you have the advantage to get to know your people, get to know your customers and fill that need for them that's what I'm hearing from this whole conversation and that's how I think we're able to take action better on our goals yeah and I would encourage anybody who's listening who's like oh no now I have to go back to the drawing board I've got to start again it's going to take weeks of time to do this you can decide all of those things in the next five minutes what am I offering it doesn't have to be perfect and in fact you won't know it until you start selling it so get that minimum viable offer just out now decide right now what are you doing and what is going to be your irresistible offer it doesn't have to be perfect just is it going to be money back guaranteed try it see what happens it's much better than trying to find the ultimate perfect offer and you're not sure what it is and spending months avoiding actually selling it to anyone absolutely Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Those were some really helpful, useful pieces of advice that I'm sure anyone listening now feels more empowered and more like they can make it happen. So if you want to let people know where they can find you, how they can get in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, you can find me anywhere under my name, Sarah Arnold Hall. So my website is saraharnoldhall.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Sarah Arnold Hall. And my podcast is called How to Take Action. And it's all about how to get yourself to overcome all of the blocks that are stopping you from actually following through on what you said you were going to do, which is create this amazing company of yours. I can vouch that listening to Sarah's podcast and following her on social media has helped me achieve my goals. So I definitely recommend it to everyone listening. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Female Founders Weekly. Female Founders Weekly was created by myself, Sarah Weingust, the founder of Hostel Pass, and Alex Plethero, founder of Freedom Underwear. You can find us on Instagram at Female Founders Weekly, on TikTok at Female Founders Weekly, and with any questions, you can email us at femalefoundersweekly at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Bye.